This episode is a compilation of different teachings that I have given at our Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summits. And you'll learn a ton here on all sorts of topics, including how to break through and be the woman who actually makes her income goal at that next, next level. I work with high achievers who are going for more and yet they have found that they are blocked in some way. This is how you break through. So please listen in and learn. We have some great inspirational stories in this podcast as well. And if you're interested in being part of the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, we have one coming up in November, November 5th, 6th, and 7th. And please join us there. We're doing it virtually. And you can find out more information about how to register at joinamiralive.com. That's joinamiralive.com. And with that, let's get started with the episode. So hang on tight, take lots of notes. Let's do this thing. Okay. Echolalia. That's the mindless repetition of the words of others. What did you learn to repeat? What was said to you growing up around money? What did you hear about money growing up? You were an open fishbowl. You were a sponge for it. What did you hear growing up? When you think about money, most people are actually in total ignorance about what it is and how it moves. They are a slave to it. It controls them. They're not a master of it. Let's talk about what this means here. They are, you're, you're wondering, am I gonna make payroll? Am I gonna have enough for rent? Am I going to be able to take my kids on that trip or, or should I buy this thing or this thing? You are not in control of the, your ability to create money. So you're always living in fear of it and it's controlling you. It's, it's um, determining what decisions you make about how you're going to live your life. This is not freedom. Money is a tool. You're dependent on it. You're controlled by it. You know, is it going to run out, right? This is a, a perspective issue. Is it going to run out? There is more money in circulation now than there's ever been before. But if you have the perspective, if you keep repeating, I might run out of money. I need to um, budget. Okay. I'm not against budgets, but I need to, to not spend because it's going to, I'm going to run out and you're in fear about it all the time you have a perspective that it's going to run out and it's controlling you. But the truth is there's more money in circulation right now than ever before. You just don't know how to create it. That's a big deal. That is a really big deal. When you're a master of money, you manage it, you control its flow, and you don't have to live in fear. You enjoy it. It's fun. It's a tool. When I first started off, 
I was in fear of money. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. I did not understand how to create money. I understood what a business was. I knew I had to do sales. Okay. Some people don't understand that you have to do sales. I knew I had to do sales, but I didn't understand who I needed to be, to be someone who was at ease with money, who could create money whenever she wanted to. I didn't understand that it was my self-image of who I was that was going to determine how much money I could or couldn't make. Because making money is easy. I know that's a radical idea for many of you. You've not had that experience yet. But it's easy. The truth is we live in an easy and abundant universe. But the old self-image that is embedded in who you are being right now is making it hard. It's only showing you scarcity. So what is money? Money is a medium of exchange of value. It's a tool. It is a tool. Don't let that hammer control your life. Think about it that way. Money is a tool. Money is like this clicker. Money is like, like a spoon. It's a tool. Don't let it control your life. You want to be the master of it. You don't think, oh my God, the spoon's going to control me. You, you know that you control that spoon. Money is a tool and it's a resource. It allows you to do things. It's currency. It wants to be in circulation. If you are afraid to spend money, because you don't want to let it go because it's going to run out. You're not allowing it to be in circulation. It wants to move. It wants you to spend it because it wants to know it, it wants money is not going to run out. If you know how to create it. Okay. Some people, that's the big qualification there. Okay. It wants to be in movement. It doesn't want you to think of it as running out. Okay. Um, it's energy. Everything is energy. It's clickers energy. I'm energy. Your energy. My thoughts are energy. We're all energy. Everything's energy. It's at different frequencies. Okay. Money is energy. I did not get that. Okay. More than not knowing what money is. Most people truly don't know how to create it. You might understand it's a tool, but you have no freaking idea how to create it. I didn't know how to create it. Okay. I knew, I knew that sales was the mechanism that moved money. Well, I had to learn that too, to be honest, okay? So most people are ignorant of the mechanisms that move money. Sales is really important, guys. Everything, whether you are in a nonprofit or a for-profit, whether you're working for yourself or you're working for a company, a business, okay? You have to sell. You're either selling yourself in an interview or selling yourself to your boss. Okay. Or you have to sell to a client um, or customer product or service. That's a mechanism that moves money. Most people have a self image that says that sales is wrong and bad. And I don't want to be manipulated or manipulative or that it's going to be taking or greedy. Okay. If you have any wonkiness around sales, 
if you don't want to follow up with people, if you're afraid to reach out and ask for a sale, if you won't get on a call with people, that is a self-image issue. You have an image in your mind that is causing you to believe, to think something that is making you uncomfortable, that is causing you to not take the action to have a sales conversation or to reach up or, or follow up. Okay. And you're ignorant of the universal laws that need to be obeyed to create consistent cash flow. It's an ordered universe, guys. There's, there's laws that make this very clear cut. The law of compensation says you must become bigger than your present place. You will not be compensated at a higher level until you grow, until you become more than where you are now. You can't stay here and just wish for this, okay? You cannot stay here and just wish for this. You actually have to become more. You have to run the stairs. You have to change your vibration. You have to do things that you wouldn't do down here. And it's not going to feel comfortable. It's going to feel like oil and water or apples and oranges. It's going to scare you. And you're going to want to turn around. You're going to want to go in the other direction. But you must do the things. You must become bigger than your present place. Which requires that you change your self-image. Because if you don't change your self-image, you stay recreating who you are right now over and over and over again. You must become bigger. You must sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice, what you're attached to. You must stop making yourself small and being driven by your fears of rejection, judgment, being alone, being unlovable, being not enough. What is at the root cause of this? Your self-image. This is the thing that needs to change for you to have a different outcome. You have to change the image that you're holding of yourself. Must. So what is your self-image? And you know what your self-image is by looking at your results. If you want to look at it from a financial perspective, what are your financial results? If you want to look at it from a health perspective, what are your health results? I've, I started doing this in all the parts of my life. Because I didn't want to just have money, but not have good health. I started going, oh, I'm 25 pounds overweight over my desired weight, not anyone else's. It wasn't about anyone else. It was about me. Law of relativity. I was comparing myself to me. Okay. And I was like, I have a self-image of someone who's not beautiful, not in great shape, isn't sexy, isn't lit up, isn't worthy of taking care of herself. I had to get really honest about that because my results were saying, look, you're spending the whole day in ripped sweats, covered with dog hair, not brushing your teeth and not taking a shower. That was my result. That was my reality. That's what, that's what I was doing. I could make an excuse. I could say, well, it was because I was busy. It was not a client day. I was just trying to get a lot done. I didn't want to, I, I, you don't have to take a shower every day. It's not a big deal. You don't have to get dressed like in, 
every day. You can stay in comfy clothes, right? Like I had all of those stories because I had a self-image that said that was who you were. But I actually wanted to live a different way. So I was in conflict with myself. I'm not, I want to be super, super, super clear. What I want does not have to be what you want. Okay? But you do have to get honest. Are the results that you have what you want without coming up with all those stories that I just shared with you? Right? What are the stories that you're telling yourself? What are the alibis? Because this is the law of cause and effect. If you keep telling yourself stories, if you keep coming up with excuses, if you keep having the alibis, you will have the same results. And you have to look, how long have you been at the level you're at right now? You might be making incremental increases. You might be going down some each year. You might be staying the same. Are you getting the results that you want? Because time, is pass time passes, right? And we come up with stories to make it okay. This is what I needed to do this year. This is, this is what I need to focus on. I'll do that next year. Time admits no alibis, okay? The beliefs you hold in your subconscious about yourself, your self-image will determine how much money you will make. So what did you learn about money growing up? What did your mother say? What did your father say? What did the people around you say? What did you hear audibly, right? Echolalia. And what, did, what was implied by their behavior? Because we learned that way as well. Some very common ones are money doesn't grow on trees. Money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't buy happiness. This one really irritates me, guys. I have to say, money doesn't buy happiness. Money was never supposed to buy happiness. That's not the tool for happiness. Money never was supposed to buy happiness. But if you notice, people who say that, and I will count myself as one, I used to say, oh, well, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. I used to just flippantly say that. Didn't know how to create money. And they were unhappy about not creating the kind of money that they wanted. So then they made up this story. Money doesn't buy happiness. Money's not supposed to be supposed to buy happiness. It's not a resource for happiness. It's not a tool for happiness. Don't say that to yourself. You can be happy and poor. You can be happy and rich. Okay. It's not, it's not a tool for happiness. Would I rather be, you know, rich than poor? Yeah, it makes life a little bit easier, okay? But if not having enough money is causing you discomfort, change your money story and change your self-image and do what you need to do to learn how to create money. Did you hear things like making money is selfish? Only materialistic people want to be wealthy. I had a lot of that growing up those people were, were bad because they were like spending too much money on stuff or, or, or frivolous spenders or like, it was just like, my parents didn't know how to create it. So they, they wanted to help themselves feel good about themselves by making other people wrong. Now, were they consciously doing that? No, absolutely. Were they like consciously 
uh, mean people. No, no, I, I don't think that's where anyone's coming from with this, but it's a natural thing. I don't want to feel bad about not being able to do this. So I'm going to make people who are able to do this wrong. Doesn't get you what you want. Okay. Wealthy people are jerks. Uh, you have to slave, struggle, work hard to make money. How many of you had parents that like struggled to make money? You picked up that behavior and you created a loyalty pack, not consciously, but unconsciously, subconsciously, you created a loyalty pack. I don't want to make mother or father feel bad about struggling to make money. Okay. So I'm going to agree with them. I'm going to create this loyalty pack and I'm going to do the same thing so that they don't have to feel bad about doing this. And then you become someone who has to slave, struggle and work hard to make money. Wouldn't you like to change that? I, it was like a freaking breakthrough when I, when I changed that. We never have enough money. We're not like them, the rich people. I kind of talked about that one already. Making more money is not a worthwhile goal. That was a big one in my family, okay? Like you wanna be academic, that's the worthwhile goal. Money corrupts people. It's not spiritual to make a lot of money. Money corrupts people, that's a big one. What is the expression? I, I don't know what the expression is, but there are like these, these things that are out there in this world that are like, uh, money corrupts. I heard a lot of that. Okay. Which makes you think, oh, I don't want to make money, money because I don't want to be corrupted. I don't want to be unethical. I don't want to be someone who does something, uh, bad to other people, but it's a total lie. It's a total lie. There are a lot of poor people who are crooks. There are a lot of rich people who are crooks. The money is not what makes you a crook. There are a lot of highly ethical people who are poor and highly ethical people that are rich. The money is not what makes you ethical. Money is a tool, money is a resource. So what did you learn about money growing up? I am not blank enough to make money. That's a big one. I am not pretty enough to make money. I'm not smart enough to make money. I'm not well-educated enough to make money. Um, you, you, need a, you need to graduate from college to make money. I'm, I'm not um, trained enough to make money. I'm not um, from the right family to make money, right? Like there's all sorts of stuff there. Do I look like Mr. Moneybags? Did that, is, this the only, is this only in my head or did, ever, did other people hear the Moneybags thing, right? Like I got that all the time, okay? Like it was bad for him to have money or something, right? You can't have everything you want, you can. So what did you make it mean about you and who you were when you heard this and when you experienced this? What are the money memories you have from childhood related to your family of origin? Is anything popping for you? Okay. Start like making little notes about that. For me, my parents were really low tippers, okay? In fact, they would do this thing where they would take the alcoholic drinks off the tab because you weren't supposed to tip on alcohol, okay? And, and then they would ask me, well, how much would you tip? Like it was a test. And then they would get mad at me because I would wanna tip more. 
And then it became a conflict around money. And then isn't that interesting, right? Always trying to talk me out of something that I wanted, asking me to argue for it or justify it. This was a big one with my mom. I love my parents, by the way. I'm not dissing my parents. They did the best that they could with where they were at, but this is what I grew up with and it created my self-image and I had to change it in order to quantum leap, in order to have a different result. So if I wanted, say the case with shoes, my mother would be like, aren't these shoes just fine? Like what's wrong with these shoes? And I would have to make an argument for that. So what did I make that mean? I made it mean that I wasn't worthy of it. I made it mean that I had to fight hard for it. That became my self image. Think about how this affects your sales conversations. If you think that you have to argue to receive money, to receive something, that's gonna be a really challenging sales conversation. That's gonna be a sales conversation full of conflict, okay? You won't be on the same side as your prospective client. When I have a conversation with someone, I'm on the same side as they are, but I had to change that. Not buying brand names, trying to have dinner under $10, oh my God. So my mother, I, I, it was a game for her. Like we would go to this Mexican restaurant and she would be like, let's see if we can have dinner for two for under $10, okay? So it meant that I couldn't order a drink and I could only order this much food, okay? I went along with it because it was a game for my mom. It was a game for me. I just, I just absorbed it, okay? But what did, that, what did that create for me? It meant that I wasn't worthy of what I wanted. And so if you want something more than, but you have a self-image that says you're not worthy of that, how do you think you're gonna create that? It doesn't work. What self-image for you got created as a result of their behavior? And again, we're not blaming our parents. We just have to acknowledge where this stuff got created. So for me, I am someone who never has enough, is unworthy of having what she wants, doesn't deserve nice things. This is me before I made some big changes, okay? Isn't rich, has to struggle, always runs out of money. I am someone who is not enough to receive, not talented enough, not responsible enough, not pretty enough, not smart enough. What is your not enough? So I'm gonna suppress my desire instead of actually learning that money is a tool, okay? But then you have a self-image that says, I'm not allowed to want things. I'm not, a, I'm not worthy of wanting things. We create all this meaning, okay? It's a big deal, you guys. Money's supposed to be in circulation. Money's supposed to flow. You wanna be generous. Here, let me give you some money. Money's a tool, here, right? But we learn that it can be used for manipulation because many times money is used for manipulation, okay? And then you start creating a self-image. This is a really big thing around sales, guys. Everyone who's running their own business, again, is in sales. If you work in corporate, you're in sales, okay? You have to sell yourself to the employees so they stay working with you every day, okay? Everyone is in sales, okay? But if you think that money is used for manipulation, because that's how you were brought up, 
then you don't want to do that. No one wants to manipulate. I believe that we have a core stance that we know that that feels bad and is wrong. Now, some people get addicted to it and some people do it um, and they, they, they become a person who is like that, okay? But if you were taught through the experience that money was used for manipulation, then you cut yourself off from receiving, you cut yourself off from doing sales, all sorts of things happen. And then you wonder, why don't I have consistent cash flow? So what happens when this is your self-image? That's your target, even though that's not what you want. So you have a self-image. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. I'm not enough. I can only make X amount of money. Making money and asking for money is manipulation, right? Uh, I don't want to receive because that would be charity. Or I have a loyalty pack with my mom. And she says receiving money, being something other than poor, is not okay. Okay, right? That's all in your self-image. You guys, we, we need to unpack that. It's not one and done, okay? So when you start going for your goal, you're going to go right back to that self-image. When you start dropping too far below, you're going to go right back to that self-image. That is what, that is the cybernetic mechanism. That is what is going to determine your results. If you want to create the income you desire and not keep recreating scarcity or the level that you're at, you must change your self-image. I am, I am banging this home, guys, okay? I want it to be so abundantly clear that you cannot miss this, okay? To step out of financial bondage, you must change your self-image. Your self-image is that orange, okay? In the subconscious, but it's keeping you trapped. And an apple idea comes in it feels like apples and oranges, oil and water. You, you know that there's some truth there, but then there's resistance that doesn't line up with my self-image. And then all the stories come up to try and justify the orange. But you have to make a powerful choice. You have to say, what kind of results do I actually want? I keep getting these results. You have to be honest about that. It doesn't make you wrong or bad. This is not a value judgment. Zero shame, zero guilt. That is not what this is about. This is about saying, I want different results. It's very neutral. It's not about, I'm a bad person because I got these results, or I'm a good person because I got these results. It's just, I want different results. And in order to get different results, you need to change what is in your subconscious, your self-image. That's going to get you different results through the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. And remember, your subconscious mind, which is where your self-image is, is housed, right, controls 98% of your behavior. 98%! Holy smokes! You thought you were in charge, okay? Make sure that it's working for you, not against you. So a success mindset says, I determine my self-image. I'm not trapped in story. I'm not trapped by my past. I determine my self-image. Yet most people don't know how to do this. Most people do not know how to change their self-image. Now you know what the problem is, right? Like what's happening, what the cybernetic mechanism does, okay? It's neutral, it's just doing. It's just running the program. You have to do what you need to do 
to change your self-image. And you have to ask yourself, what's at stake? Because you have one life. This is where I get really passionate with people. Okay, this is where I go to the, the mat for people. Okay, you have one life. You might believe in reincarnation. You might believe that your soul comes back. I do, okay? But this physical manifestation is one life. I plan to play full out. I refuse to believe the stories, to stay limited. What's at stake for you? What's at stake for you? You've got to ask yourself that because you're playing against time. One life, playing against time. And we're talking about how do you close the gap on time? I have so much more that I want to achieve. I have so much urgency for that, okay? Because now I realize I've got this one life. I'm 50, guys. I've got this one life, okay? Now that I know how it works, I'm like, I'm committed. I'm going. Let's go. Because I want to have a freaking fantastic life. I don't want to get to the end of my life and go, Oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda, okay? That's not okay with me. And it doesn't make everything that I've achieved up till now not good enough. I, you appreciate yourself, appreciate what you've achieved. Love it and hold yourself to a higher standard if that's something that's important to you. But you have to ask yourself, if you're delaying changing, you're playing against time, it's the chessboard of chime. Do you remember that quote by, from Napoleon Hill? He says, in parting, I would remind you that life is a checkerboard and the player opposite you is time. If you hesitate before moving or neglect to move promptly, meaning I'll do it next year, I'll change next year, I'll do it when, I, when it's convenient, I'll do it when I have more time, I'll do it when I have more money, if you hesitate before moving or neglect to move promptly, your men will be wiped off the board by time. You are playing against a partner who will not tolerate indecision. Powerful, guys. Okay? You have to decide you're changing your self-image. So you reprogram yourself for success. You have to have that. I have that, okay? It doesn't stop, guys. Like I just told you, like I have urgency to, to achieve bigger and bigger goals. I think my life is, I think my life is pretty friggin' amazing. You are in charge. You are in charge. Right now, you might not feel like you're in charge. Right now, you're like, how do I change my self-image, right? I want you to know that there's a methodology to this and that you can be in charge of this. You, you have to start thinking about being in charge of it, okay? You are the person who determines your self-image. But most people don't know how to do this and they stay stuck. And you have to ask yourself, what's at stake? What's at stake for you? Not what's at stake for me, what's at stake for you? Because if you keep, again, you're playing against time. If you keep putting it off, maybe one day, maybe someday, maybe I'll do this then, you have to really see what doesn't get to happen for you? You have one life and you're playing against time. We're going to spotlight Debbie Heiser, who is a fabulous client. And she has 
achieved so much this year. And I want to spotlight her for a number of reasons. She talks about taking the mask off. I'm going to let her explain what that's meant for her. But she's a great example of what gets to change. Can you share a little bit, Debbie, about your experience with stepping forward? Like you talk about taking off the mask. What did that mean to you? Because it has to do with self-image, right? Yeah. And actually I go back to kind of in a quick realm, 2018 in the fall, I attended my first Unstoppable Woman Summit and Amira kept saying, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And I said, I want to start taking the masks off. And not that I had been inauthentic, but I wanted to get to the real me. And I had been someone that had done what always, what my parents thought I should do, what my husband thought I should do, all of these things. And, you know, it, it wasn't because of this program that I got divorced. It had been a long-term kind of thing, but it, it caused me to look at my life and say, am I living the life I want to live? And so the weight is the last part of that. And it is coming off. I started seeing a nutritional therapist about actually less about three weeks ago. So that 12 pounds has been in the last three weeks, but it's stepping into my confidence and it, it's hard to describe, but as I started to move those layers and continued to dig in and remove the masks and step into who I fully am, there was a light switch that went off and I have stepped in. Now, it doesn't mean that that next stretch goal doesn't sometimes scare the shit out of me right, or does. that I'm like, Amira, talk me off the ledge, right? Because that, that to me is life. That's what's what growing is about. And so for me, taking off the mask was taking off what was inauthentic and stepping into my authentic self. And I'm a firm believer that I was put on this earth to do something and I am doing it. And it feels phenomenal. I've even had people say I look 10 years younger than I did two years ago, right? A, the stress of a crazy person that I was married to. But secondly, you know, like just stepping into it and having joy in your life does so much. It's just crazy. Yeah, it, it seems crazy, but it's not crazy. No. It's how we're meant to live, right? And yeah. yet it's so different than at least how I was living previously. Like it's night and day. Absolutely. And so this is like heaven is my natural state, right? This is like, wow, I get to live like this. This is awesome. So yeah. and Amira, yeah, what else talking? do you want to say about that? Sorry, yeah. you talk a lot about clothes too. And I will tell you, the first thing I did when I got home, that was a safe place for me, was to look at my clothes. And I moved to North Idaho, which like all of all of you from North Idaho will laugh at this, but like the standard thing is leggings and flannel shirts, right? Like that's what everybody wears. And so I came home and I literally like got rid of almost all of my flannel shirts started to dress differently. And then that elevated to the next layer that I wanted to take off. So it's not like just an overnight kind of thing. Like you say, it's not magic, but I had to be willing to receive it, but then also take the action to do it. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So talk to us about how it has changed how you're showing up in your business. Cause you're, you, you, you are doing some servant leadership stuff that is like, mm-hmm. like what you had on your vision board. And now you're you're executing on and then also your private practice stuff. Can you talk a little bit about what's changed there? Cause it's been really quite beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm showing up differently for my clients. Some of them are on the phone and hopefully can attest to that. 
Um, and then I also had put, I just had this like dream and this wish to do something. I got my master's at Gonzaga in organizational leadership with an emphasis in servant leadership and servant leadership gets a bad rap. It's not laying down and letting people walk all over you. It's having courage, stepping in and doing things and having tough conversations, so on and so forth. And I was asked by my mentor who developed this course and developed the servant leadership emphasis to take this course of his and move further and teach it. So I'm now an adjunct professor. And then just about three weeks ago, I got a phone call and was asked to be the first inaugural instructor for a servant leadership certificate program through Gonzaga, um, which is phenomenal, which is also creating openings. I'm now gonna be co-authoring a chapter in a servant leadership book with my mentor. And we're now looking at doing some additional writing because there's not a lot of diversity in writings about servant leadership. Um, so it just, the doors keep opening. The more I'm able to receive and be open to that, the more it just keeps coming at me. I love it. And you yeah. keep saying yes, which is great. I love that. Good Thank forward. you for sharing your story. Appreciate the advice. Thank you for being awesome and being here. Hey there, Unstoppable Woman. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed that episode. I often hear, how do you make a quantum leap? How do I get out of my own way and execute at the highest level? As a high achiever, you know that hard work is part of the picture, but there's something more. And that's what I want to teach you at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. This is three days immersive with me. I'm going to be teaching you what it took for me to go from 138K a year to 700K in one year as a solo entrepreneur. That's a five times quantum leap in income. And I've helped so many clients do similar things, and I would love to help you do that as well. We are going to be working on your marketing. We're going to be working on your mindset. So it's a bulletproof mindset so that you can do what you want to do in this world. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business faster than you ever thought possible. So please, if this is what you want, do not miss this. Join us November 5th, 6th, and 7th at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. You can find out more at joinamiralive.com. That's joinamiralive.com. Go buy your ticket now, and I can't wait to see you there. Bye.